0: cooking with gas now? Alright, if you guys weren't here about ten minutes ago, we lost power. Briefly. It's always exciting at church when you have all this modern technology and lose power and it's like, alright, well, maybe God didn't like that song, I don't know. Or maybe, uh, did Mike pay the power bill to you? Alright, so... You want to kick it off or anything, Jack, or? Yeah, no, it's going to go right into worship. All right, cool. So you guys going to stand up and do a little singing with me?
1: Well, I'll start by saying it's nice to be back in church. I've been gone for a few weeks in case nobody knows. <laughs>
0: um, I forgot to say that, man. Yeah. We missed you, friend. We did. Yeah.
1: I was out for surgery. I had my stomach operated on, and uh, I don't know if anybody had heard, but uh, it is nice to be back. I had some, some issues taken care of, and uh, I am better now. I'm getting better, I'm about 80% there, and uh, praise the Lord for that. Um, you had
0: what, three hernias?
1: Uh, yeah, pretty Aww, much, dude. just about that. But uh, they, uh came through everything pretty good, and I'm healing nicely. Uh, and at least I can hold a base and stand upright. And I went back to work before I was supposed to, but uh, the, my work, being a great place to work that he did, they were able to make arrangements for me to sit down at a computer instead of turning wrenches in a boat, uh, so I got to sit at a parts desk and uh, so I said, hey, what the heck, I can either sit at home and play on the computer there or I can sit at work and play on the computer there and make some extra money. So, um, But the good Lord carried me through all that, so I'm back at church here, so amen. Praise the Lord. Yep. Now nice. I like it. just uh, get my stomach all worried right back to where it's supposed to be. You know, I get, you know, I get from, it, it's a weird thing when you, you, being a guy built the way I am and being able to, eat what I want, when I want, and how I want. You know, I, I grew up, I, I used to be a competitive power lifter back when I was a lot younger and more stupid. And uh, being in that kind of a sport, you know, a 16-ounce steak was an appetizer. Hmm. And, uh, you know, so you learn to eat, eat big, and, you know, and all that kind of stuff, and not really care about too much what you, you look like and how you eat, and food is a, a passion. And then the, the part of the surgery I had, they actually took my stomach and they flipped it on itself and turned it in half and all that kind of stuff and um, that was not the intention to make it smaller but it had to happen so now I have to eat meals that are like this (laughs) 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 and uh, kind of took the joy out of eating so
2: but that's working its way back so (laughs) today we're just thrilled that you're all here today and we know um, that uh... Many of us are just here for one purpose, and that's to connect to the Lord. So I just ask that we just focus now as we um, begin singing and praising the Lord today.
0: All right, let's just open up prayer real quick. Lord God, we just invite you in this place. We just uh, we just ask that you that you touch our hearts in a new, powerful way, Lord. You know, we just we just thank you for, you know, for for uh, you know the, the healing, you know that that we that we see all the time, and we and we and we and we, we we praise you in, in our storms and in our joys, Lord. So right now, we just want to sing out, you know, that we're holding on to you, Lord, in the middle of our storms, that you're always there, Lord. Amen.
2: Good morning. morning. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Haven Community Church. We're glad that you're here today. Uh, A couple things that I want to touch on, um, some of our main announcements that we want to touch on today uh, that are timely, that are coming up here. Um, Our membership uh, class that was originally scheduled after church today, we're going to postpone that for today until another time. You can see the new date will be October the 5th. Um, Also, uh, for guests who's coming to dinner um, if, uh, hopefully everyone has signed up and we also need one more host so if you forgot to sign up or want to it's a, and you have questions, there's a table out here and we definitely want you to sign up for that um, and also you have, we have, we've extended one more week, you have in the bulletin um, for a, the cleaning proposal so if you have any um, information or connection about that please go ahead and you'd like to be part of that please go ahead and connect those uh, to that email um, and today uh, many of you who were here last week got a chance to hear Mike Brandon. Mike did a great job um, and is a great guy um, who is uh, a very uh, a, does a great ministry, uh, important ministry. And Mike, um, today is our day to serve at the Paris Foundation. Are we good, Bonnie? So we're good. Um, but if you have more informa- if you want more information or interest in that, go ahead and see Bonnie. It's a great ministry and it's a great way to serve and connect. We have one more announcement. Um, if you ha- are a parent of a junior high and senior high, um, if you, uh, Janet McCusker, who's leading a class for uh, both um, high school and middle school today, um, wanted to kind of talk with parents real quick. She's going to be um, doing a discussion about drugs and alcohol. If you, she just wanted to kind of go over that with you um, today. So if you, if you um, have those children in there and just go out for a couple seconds, um, she just wanted to make sure everything was okay with you guys for your children. So she's right out that door there. All right. Um, our prayers today, we have a, a number of prayers, and again, as always, if you have a prayer request, please go ahead and submit them at the beginning. Ray Caldwell, Ray had surgery on his foot, and he's right here, so we're glad he's healing well, right, Ray? Not totally healed yet, but we're, we're praying for that, that's for sure. And Dina has prayers for Jared, he's having another procedure on his left knee, um... And we want to go ahead, um, Dina, uh, where do I see her her at? Dina, um, was it MCL or ACL? ACL and meniscus was torn. ACL and meniscus was torn during a a skiing accident this this winter. So we want to go ahead and lift him in your prayers. And Jared's right back there, right, buddy? Okay. Uh, And also we want to lift up um, Lauren Thomas. Um, They found some other tumors. And so she is going to have a um, surgical knife. Is that right, what it's called? Cyberknife, tomorrow, tomorrow, and uh, tomorrow, and so we want to pray for healing. She's in good spirits, but we want to do that, okay? So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your, uh, your Holy Spirit being here and for guiding us, and we just ask, Lord, that as we continue with the rest of this message today and the, and the songs and everything, that whatever's going on in our minds or our hearts, that we set that aside and God really focus on who you are. Uh, to connect to you and to renew our our lives by the power of your holy spirit for all these prayers and all these concerns that we have god we know that you're the in many cases you are just the only answer and your answer is the best answer because we know god that you are healing jesus so for those who need healing we ask for healing for those who need physical restoration bring that for our children who are Meeting and, and talking and learning about you, we ask for your Holy Spirit to be moving in those places. And for, the, for our, our junior and senior high who are going to be talking about something that's affecting our community in major ways. Drugs and alcohol and other kinds of things. God, just, we just ask that you put your hedge of protection upon them that they will be strong. And we'll go ahead and further your kingdom here and around the earth. And so God, as we continue on, bring the power of your Holy Spirit in this place. We love you. And we need you, in Christ's name. Lord God, bless. This is also a time to give back to God through our tithe and offering. We pray that God will bless and anoint that as well.
1: Finding myself At a loss.
0: or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her.
2: I didn't expect you to clap for that, that's for sure. Um, uh, Is that a clap for survival, I guess? Um, I haven't heard a lot of people saying something lately. Uh, I haven't heard anybody in the last year say, you know what, I have way too much time on my hands I'm so relaxed. I'm, such, I'm, I'm at a point of such peace in everything. I don't know what to do with all my extra time. Um, I, I'm just, I, it's, it's just awesome. Everything is fantastic. And I just, uh, could you have something for me to do? Because I'm just kind of like hanging out here in life. I don't see that. What I hear is exactly the opposite. And if you're joining with us today, I hope you would take your note sheet and follow along. Um, I hear just the exact opposite more and more. I hear things like this. I am so overwhelmed, overscheduled, and exhausted. Um, I hear that time and time again. I experience that. And you know what? I find out it doesn't matter what age you are. It doesn't matter what race you are. It doesn't matter uh, what political affiliation you are. People say the same thing. I'm overwhelmed I'm overscheduled. I'm exhausted. So today we're going to talk about being exhaust awhelmed. And that's a new term. And I want you I I want you to hashtag it today because I want it to go ahead and go viral that I came up with a term called exhaust awhelmed. Um, but I think many of us are exhaust-whelmed in our own way. As um, I look at, uh, at at this today, today we're beginning a new series. Uh, called Pressure. And I just wrote a couple of the things that are on there that we need to, that, some of the things that we probably go through in life to figure those things out. And with people being so exhaust overwhelmed, I find out that there is only one person in all of Scripture that Jesus really challenged to just hang in there. You know, he took care of a lot of problems. When people had all kinds of issues, Jesus really took care of them. But there was one person, as I was studying for the sermon, that really said, he said, just hang on. Just, just chill out a little bit and hold on there. And this person is a friend of his, and it happens to be a woman named Martha. And Jesus had hundreds and hundreds of followers his life. Now, he had what we call the big three, Peter, James, and John, that were the big three disciples. But in addition to that, Jesus had some other people who were very, very close to him. And those who were close to him was two sisters and a brother. The two sisters were Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus. Now, Lazarus, we talked about a couple months ago, being raised from the dead. We talked about Mary and Martha too, because they were a little bit upset that Jesus wasn't there. But they lived in a suburb of Jerusalem known as Bethany. And Jesus could always kind of stay there. You know, does, does anybody have like an escape area? Like someplace where you need, when, you, when it just, you get exhausted and you just need a place to go. Does anybody have that? Okay. Um, you can tell me where those are so I can have those uh, myself. Um, but this, this was in Bethany. When Jesus' ministry got really rolling along in Jerusalem where people were just mobbing him, he needed a place where he needed to get away, and just kind of, it was kind of like his, uh, uh, his uh, kiddie bunkport, I guess, you know, you would say, or his um, Hamptons, uh, he just kind of got away from everything, and was there. It was his retreat, and it ended up being in the house of Mary, and Martha, and Lazarus. Uh, Now, what I want to do, I want to look at, um, I didn't know Debbie read it for us, I want to look at this verse again from Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And as we look at this, and you can, hopefully you have your Bibles. If you have your Bible, go ahead and take that out. Matthew, Mark, Luke. Um, I challenge you to go ahead and bring your Bibles, and I'm going to say something that your background may not uh, agree with, where you originally came from. Your Bible is your life manual, and I believe that you should write in it as what God tells you. I have in, um, as a matter of fact, last night, I was just kind of refocusing on some stuff in my life, and the Lord led me to uh, a verse in Jeremiah, um, which really kind of fit um, for, the, for the times and some of the struggles I've been going through in my own mind. But in Luke chapter 10, where we're going to be, we're in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And as we read this, here's what it says. It says, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, He came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. Boy, I could do a whole sermon on just that verse right there. And she came to him and and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Let me stop there and we'll get into some more stuff. Uh, What's going on here? Well, here's here's one of the things that happened, and I'm going to refer back to your uh, your insert. Jesus made an unplanned visit. Now, what we know is when word got to them, when word gets to people, when you know somebody's coming. How many of you, when you know people are coming and they're going to stay with you, act like a mad banshee and clean the house and make it look like you don't live there? All right. How many of you go ahead and you decide to grab food and whatever, everything else? You know, usually, if you're like my kids, they say, there's nothing to eat here. And then when somebody's coming over, you go and buy everything and make it look like you have food on hand all the time. And you have all the best stuff. How many of you do that kind of stuff? Well, how many of you would be really upset if somebody very important came to your house and it was like you normally live in it? <laughs> exactly. And that's what's going on here. Mary and Martha... Uh, Martha was, it was her home, as we see here, she opened her home. She was, oh my gosh, Jesus showed up. So Jesus makes an unplanned visit. And here's what we find out that's really interesting. Mary just chills out. Jesus comes in, she brings up a seat, sits down, and begins to talk to him. Just like, hey, it's cool. She's got the, can can you picture it? The floor's a mess. She's got All kinds of clothes that are just laying around on furniture for people to sit on. She's got the mess in the kitchen that she didn't clean up from breakfast. Everybody got some other things here? that You know, I mean, it's a complete mess. And she just sits down and is like, Jesus, what's going on? Since I last saw you, tell me what's going on with the religious leaders. We hear a lot about things that are going on. Tell me what's going on. She spends time with him. She gets into a focus with Jesus and is sharing. What she's essentially saying is, I'm glad you're here. I'm glad you're here. Now think of somebody who is the most important person that you could ever want to meet, came to your house, and all you did, because it was an unplanned visit, you spent all that time trying to clean up and never got the chance to just enjoy them and spend time with their company. So Mary goes ahead and pulls up a chair, but Martha runs into the kitchen. Jesus is here. What? And it says she was so distracted by everything that she had to do. She was worried about the physical stuff. I've got to get this cleaned up. I've got to get that cleaned up. I've got to make sure we have breakfast. We've got to have lunch. We've got to have dinner. We've got to have all those things set together. We've got to make sure we have stuff for after prayer time. And, oh, she, you've got to make sure everything is perfect. She's doing all that, and Mary is just having a nice little chat with Jesus. And what does Martha do? Just as you and I would do with our siblings, we'd snap. She snaps. She loses it here. She completely snaps and says, Lord. Look at what it says in verse 40. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations she had to make. She came to him, Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all this work by myself? Tell her to help me. It's kind of like when I tell my kids to clean the room or clean a room, and they go, Judah's not doing anything. He's just messing up more. Hannah's not, Rachel's not, Abigail's not, somebody's always not doing something. Tell them to come do this. She is losing it. She has lost it. Don't you care? And I, you know, basically what she's saying is, Jesus, this scumbag loser sister of mine is sitting here leaving me to do all the work, and And she's enjoying you while I've got to do everything else. Tell her to help me. That's, That's not Jesus' response. His response isn't, excuse me, are you talking to me? Yo, I'm Jesus. He doesn't say that. I love his response. His response in verse 41 is this. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken for her. Martha, Martha, anytime you see that in Scripture where they kind of have that, it's just like we would say it now. Martha, Martha. Martha, Martha. Go ahead and say that. Martha, Martha. Anybody have a Martha in your life, you just need to say Martha, Martha. I mean, chill out relax, calm down. There's so many things, Martha, that that are filling your mind, so many things that you are concerned about and worried about, and it doesn't matter a hill of beans because guess what? I'm here. You're making this visit much more stressful than it ever should have been. You know, I know that it's important that you're fixing the food. I think that's awesome. But guess what? In case you forgot about it, I fed 5,000. And at that wedding... I turn water into wine. If I want a full course meal, I can do that right now. I don't need you to do that, Martha, Martha. Martha, just chill. You see, what we learn here is some very important things. Jesus said Mary chose what is better. And what was that? Jesus was placed more value on friendship at this moment. He wanted friendship and relationship, that friendship, that love. He wanted to share love back and forth. He wanted to just relax and be there. That one thing that Mary gets is simply that. She gets this, and it's Jesus desires relationship most of all. I I guarantee you, Martha was an incredible cook. I guarantee you she was awesome. But Jesus didn't care about that as much. What he cared about was them and spending time with them. You know, as I've looked at the story I've seen the unrushed, unhurried relationship that Jesus desires here. And i got to tell you, I've struggled with this because I tend to be Martha, Martha in my life. I want everything to be perfect. I want a perfect home. I want a perfect house. I want a perfect family. I want a perfect church. I want a perfect service. I think God just had the power kick off today to mess with me. Because try- I'm trying some other stuff that's going on in my scheduling, and God just wanted to say, okay, you're on my schedule. I'm Martha. And I think if we are all really, really honest, we live in a world full of Marthas, and we're perpetuating the Martha world. And that's why we're exhaust overwhelmed. How many of you, if you're honest, maybe not right when you woke up and maybe but you are exhaust overwhelmed in your life right now. And you know, you don't, you don't even have to, to raise your hand for this one, but my question is, what do you do when you hit a wall in your life? Because what I find more in my life and in the lives of others is we exist in this pattern, but we don't know what to do when we hit that wall. And what I find out is what Jesus shares here, and I have this in your, in your note sheet. Jesus says to Martha, you've hit a wall, Martha. You're frustrated. You're angry. And guess what? The only hope is this, that you just sit down, put the stuff aside, talk, and let me fill your bucket. Fill your bucket. Now... I have a bucket up here today. This is actually a a, a real bucket. Anybody have this? But have you ever filled up a bucket and like have you ever just let a hose just run in and run? It's something cool looking about that, and it just overflows. But let's say this bucket is your life, and with this bucket being your life, one of the interesting things is I like when my bucket's full. Not not with busyness, but just with enjoyment and joy and love and anybody like when you, and peace. Anybody like let's let's call it if I have a fruit-filled bucket, you know what I mean? That the fruits of the spirit are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, goodness, and self-control. I would love to fill my bucket in my life with those things all the time. Anybody else with me? So how do I know when my bucket is full? What does it look like in my life when my bucket is filled up? I left you a blank there, and I want you to go ahead and fill that in. This is classwork today. I want you to fill in. How do you know when your bucket is filled up, that it's, that it's filled with that, that fruit, that love, joy? What is it that makes that filled up? Well, in, in talking with some people and hearing some things, particularly with some clergy in an area years ago, I heard some people say this, that when my bucket is full and filled up, I love more. I love my family more. I, I love... My the co-workers. I love the people that even cut me off on the road. I don't care as much. I I, I just have this this love and joy in my life. At, at times, you know, when when I see this, I realize that's with me. I have this love just to give, and I just annoy people because I, I just love. I may even love a Dallas Cowboys fan, I'm so loving, at that point. Well, maybe not. Um, but I, so that's what I do I, I, love another person once mentioned to me that I make better decisions when I'm filled I make better decisions when I'm at peace and when things are settled and when I have joy and, I, and, and all these kind of things I, I make better decisions in my life and another I, one of the other things is I eat better when, I, when, I, when, when I'm full I eat better I'm like, oh, yeah, that's it's good, because I'm not trying to fill any other area of my life with anything, and I, I'm also, some of you may be this way. Some of you may be say, I'm more creative when I have that. I have more creativity in my life, and one of the things that I found out from Christians is they say, when I'm filled up, I'm more focused and attentive to God. I hear God more. I see God more displayed in my life. I recognize the things of God are very visible in my life when my bucket's full. Of course, because it's filled with love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Then guess what? I'm going to have more of God. But what about, what about when we look at this and it's full, the bottom line is what happens when my bucket is full? I live the life that Jesus intended for me have, the life that Jesus desires for me, and that's a life of fullness. He said, I came that you may have life and have it to the what? And have an abundance and fullness. But most of us who live Martha lives in exhaust i whelm living don't have that true fullness of life. Oh, our schedules may be full, but our lives may not be. And when I look at this more and more, I realize that Jesus wants to offer me a full life where he says, I give you peace that passes all understanding. No matter what situations occur, my life is full. But what about when my bucket is low? What about if I just have a little drop in the bucket or a little bit of damp wet spot in here like this and I'm just kind of sloshing around trying to get something and my life's that way? Because I think that's where many of us live more so. So I want you to write down, how do you know when your bucket is low? In other words, when my bucket is low, blank happens. Write it down. I'm going to share with you some some personal things here and some also things that I've gleaned from some other people. But when my bucket is low, I feel resentment in my life. I just get completely resentful to others. I'm irritated. The littlest thing can drive me off the edge. Remember, Martha, Martha, she's not helping me. Can you imagine the picture? She's in there just chilling out, and she's in the kitchen doing all those things. She's going, "That's sorry, sister." I'm me. You know, Can you imagine that something little that just set her off because her she her bucket was low. Some of you may be like others that what you find out is you withdraw or overreact. Or others may work like a madman, or madwoman, whatever that may be. Yeah, and and, you know, when you do that, you start working because you're so frustrated, and you go ahead and expect everybody else to work at this ridiculously crazy pace, don't you? And you get more frustrated because they're not doing what you need them to do. And the only reason why you're working at the pace that way is because your life is exhausted well and your bucket's low. And then you're angry at them and you see how it just continues? And guess what? You make them angry, their bucket gets low, they make the other people in their lives angry. See how this is contagious? I may overcomplicate my life. I start to add more things because this is low, so I want to add more things. It's kind of like this, this video clip here. This is how you're living your life with plate spinning. This is how we live our lives, walking around in life, and we grab other people who are exhausted with us, and here's what we do. We live life like that. We add more plates and spin more plates in our lives continually. Some of the things that you may add is some of you may be people who shop away your problems. You know, I just feel so exhausted and so frustrated and so aggravated I'm going to go fill it with some stuff at the store in other words what we try to do is we try to fill it ourselves with anything some people try to fill it with drugs and alcohol some people try to fill it with pornography and what I find out is those a lot of times that people get involved in pornography for one reason because they're too exhausted to enter into intimate relationship in a proper way And so they just withdraw and try to fill it with something that gratifies something very quickly and simply. The bottom line, when our bucket is low, is simply this. If we're not living life at its best, then we're not living the life God intended for us. And Martha was not living the best life either. And you know, one of the things that I find out when we're low, we believe that it's just affecting us. But what I realize more and more, and this is the bottom line, that when my bucket is low, everyone around me is negatively affected when I'm low. Everyone. How many of you believe that? If you don't, ask your spouse. If you don't, ask your children. If you don't, videotape yourself for a while. And you will find out that you affect everybody around you. You'll affect your children. You'll affect your spouse. You'll affect the coworkers. You'll affect people in the grocery store. I remember one time where I was completely exhausted, and I was buying a new car because mine died on the highway. Everything, when it rains, it pours, okay? And I, I was buying this new car, and as I was buying this car, everything was awesome. It was better than what I went to look for in the first place, and the guy comes to me, the salesman comes over to me and says, Mr. Cohen, everything's good, um, but there's one thing. The horn doesn't work. And our nearest Jeep place doesn't have a replacement. It's is closed, so we can't get a replacement to, the, to tomorrow. And all that exhaustion and frustration in my life built up at that person at that moment. And I said, forget it. I'm done. He's like, what? Like for a horn. This is for a horn. How many of you have used a horn lately? And and he's like, what? I said, I needed one thing to go right in my life, and you didn't help with it. I'm done. I go, I sit in the car with Melissa and the kids, and she goes, what is your problem? I said, the horn doesn't work. I can't take it home today. I'm done. The guy came up to the window, and I lowered it down about this much. And he's like, Mr. Cohn will be willing to do whatever. I said, well, figure something out, because I'm about ready to leave here. He walks in. They gave me some really nice, like, Audi, like, 4x4 <laughs> four four to drive home, and they brought it to me like an hour away. Um, and then I realized that was completely ridiculous. This guy's wondering, who in the heck is this idiot who is so, going to lose a good deal based off of a horn that I can fix tomorrow? But he was the recipient because my bucket was so low that I needed something to go right in my life right now because everything else was not going right and I was trying to fill it with something else. You know, there's a story, and I want you to imagine this. Imagine that somebody who you trust most of all, let's say your husband or your wife, came with a a big rock and said, I need you to do me a favor, I need you to hold on to this rock. I need you to hold on to it. I'm just going to be gone for a short bit, but I'll be back. Just stay, don't move. Stay right here and hold on to the rock. You say, okay, it doesn't make sense, the reason why they told me, but I'm going to go ahead and do that and hold on. So you grab the rock and you hold on and you sit there. And you sit there. An hour goes by. Nothing's happening. Another hour goes by. Your arms are starting to hurt. You're holding it. And you go, finally all of a sudden... Here comes your husband or your wife or that person. And you go, oh, and you would run and hug him if you didn't have to hold this stupid rock. And you got this rock in your hand and you go, oh, I'm so glad. And before they, you get another word out, they say, I am so sorry, but can you do me one more favor? You know, I need you to hold on to this rock just a little bit more. I have one more errand that came up that I have to run. I promise it won't be long. I'll be right back. And you go, well, all right, and they said, I promise, I'll be right back. So you're holding this rock, and then all of a sudden, they leave. And as they're getting ready to leave, you're like, just hurry, please. And you hold it, and you're holding it again for another hour goes by, and your hands are shaking, and you're sweating, but you're holding on. And as you're holding on more, all of a sudden, you look, and no, that car's not pulling in here, and all of a sudden, An hour later, that's two more hours have gone by. You see this other person and you say, but you say, that's not my husband. And this person you've never seen before says, I'm so sorry, your husband or your wife called me and said, they had something come up. They're going to be here in a bit. Can you just hold that rock a little bit more? They're going to be here. And you're shaking and you're like, who are you? And why did they send you? And... But you're like, all right, so you're holding on and holding on. And another hour goes by. It's dark outside. The neighbors are watching. you wondering, what kind of person would require you to stand outside and hold this rock? You're shaking. You're shaking. And you're holding on. It's slipping out of your hands. You're holding on. It's dark. And with every ounce of your strength, you're holding on. And all of a sudden, it starts to drop. And as it starts to drop, it hits and shatters into all kinds of pieces. And just as it did, your husband or wife pulls up and runs over and says, what, what happened? Did, you, did, you, did somebody knock it out of your hand? Did you do it on purpose? What, what, what's going on here? It's shattered. and completely shattered at your feet. You see, that rock was not going to fall and break in a second. It took some time for that rock to get to a place where it was going to break and shatter. And I would say that many of you in your lives are at that point. There are people that are in, at that point in their marriages where one person has been asked to hold on to the rock for the other person for years, and you've been holding on and holding on and holding on. And... The other person is just saying, Oh, it's taken care of. They got the rock. It's okay. I got to do what I got to do. And when they get home and they they see it broken, they're like, What's the deal here? Why did you drop it? They say, This has been slipping from my hand for a long time. Or maybe other relationships that you have. It may be your career path that you've been holding the rock and holding it and holding it. But whatever that relationship is, it didn't happen overnight where you just said, Because no matter how much commitment. No matter how much strength, no matter how much desire you have, if you are giving your rock to somebody else to hold in your life, they're going to drop it because they're holding theirs too. Husbands and fathers, if you're giving it to your wives and your children to hold your rock, they're going to drop it one day. Wives, if you're giving it to your spouses or your children or your parents to hold they're going to grab it. You want to find out is the people who love you are going to take the rock from you. Every time you ask, they're going to hold on. But eventually, it will drop and it will shatter. And you know what happens when it shatters? The thing we want to do is we want to pick up the pieces and put it back together. You know how many people I talk with that, whose lives are just pulled apart and they wait till the rock shatters to put it back together? Have you ever tried to put together something like a rock that's shattered. Most of the time, the other person in that relationship says, I'm done. And by the time the rock shatters, they're already done. There's always a breaking point. There's always a breaking point. I find out that the people who have to hold the rock often end up saying, I can't do this anymore. I'm tired of living this way. I'm done. You see, when it drops and shatters, then we want to put the pieces back together. Now, we want to put the pieces back together, and it's nearly impossible. You know, but there's some interesting and good news, and I don't have this on your bulletin, but I challenge you to write it down. (laughs) Jesus came into the world to pick up the pieces of our broken rocks. He cares about them. He cares about our relationship. He's a broken rock fixer. That's what he did on the cross. He left his throne above and became broken in himself so that he could put our lives back together. But there's something more important than that. Jesus did not only come to put our rock pieces back together. He came so that we wouldn't drop the rock in the first place. So many people here have an empty bucket. So many people have hit rock bottom in your life, and you will know when you hit rock bottom. I've heard stories recently of people who hit rock bottom. A dad who was so aggravated in life that he shoved and took a swing at his 15-year-old son. He was probably being a jerk, but still, you don't do that. And he was so distraught by the fact that he did that. He said, what is happening to me that I've done that? Or I've heard stories of people, of business partners who have lawsuits. And when you talk to the person, the person says, you know what, I don't, I don't even care whether I win. I just want to make this person's life hell. And when we do that for that purpose, we've hit rock bottom. Because we want somebody to be as miserable as we are, even more. You see, Martha is angry. And Jesus says, Just sit down. Just sit down. So how do we refill our buckets? In the next several weeks, we're going to talk about why we live at rock bottom. And one of the things we need to recognize is if I'm at the bottom, it's not somebody else's job to refill my, and replenish my bucket. It is my responsibility to discover what refills my bucket. This is your homework this week, okay? And, the first, and this is the first thing I want, want you to do. So we recognize it's my responsibility to discover what refills my bucket. I have a nice little piece of artwork on the side of your bulletin today. It's a bucket. And I want you to put a line. If you don't want the person next to you to see, just kind of cover it up. But I want you, this is kind of classwork. Don't you love when teachers used to say, I'll give you homework, but I'm giving you time to do it now? That's what I'm doing right now for the first one. I want you to go ahead and just draw a line where your bucket is. Okay? Go ahead and just do that. Where's your life? I want you to be honest with yourself and with God. And if if you're sitting there and you're saying... Um, I'm not going to do this stupid thing and put it in my bucket. We've just done it for you. You don't have to put anything on your bucket. You can draw a little spot at the bottom. I know where you are. <laughs> and you know I'm right, too. That's the first thing. Where's your bucket? Where, where where you filled? And your homework is this last thing on our sheet as the praise team comes up. Refilling our bucket begins when we do this. Sit down and talk to Jesus. Sit down and talk to Jesus. Isn't that what Mary did? Just sit down and talk to Jesus. So this is your homework. I want you to talk to Jesus. You say, wait a second, I don't know what to say. Yeah, you do. Just talk. And here's what you need to do. Sit down and talk to him. Tell him about your life. Tell him about where you're angry and resentful and, and just, just frustrated, where you're exhausted, overwhelmed in your life. Take your calendar with him and say, I've got to do all these things and I'm tired of it. Tell him about your heart, that your heart once that brought love and care is now cold and hurting. Tell him about where you're frustrated. Some of you, it may be early in the morning. Some of you, it may be as you're in your car going from point A to point B. But just tell him about it. Let's pray. Lord God, there are a lot of us who are here. And as we stand, Lord, today, I ask that people just stand right now. As we stand in your presence, we have a bucket that's empty, many of us. We're exhausted, we're frustrated, we're disconnected from you. Our heart that just had love and joy for you is cold and callous. And God, we don't know how to get out of this. As we spend the next time through these weeks of talking about the pressures that we live under. God, show us that replenishment, Help us be open and honest as we share with you. And there may be some of us here tonight, or today, excuse me, that just have no clue how to fill our hearts with your love. So Lord, during this time, we ask that if no one's accepted you as their Lord and Savior, that they just open up their hearts and say, I'm frustrated, I'm done. But God, I need you to touch my heart. There may be relationships here that are broken. the rock is shattered and God they they're trying to put pieces back together while one is completely done but only you can do that there may be those here who have a child who's they're trying to carry the rock for them and and they're seeing that the child takes it back and is just is at a point of shattering it themselves and they don't know what to do and they need you because it's draining their bucket be with us now God as we hear your voice speak to us today in your name we pray, Amen.
0: Amen. So, what's in your bucket? Let's hope that God in today. We're gonna to sing it out. You know, we're not gonna do our usual—you know, one song and then end with some other song. This is the only song we're singing latch on to it and sing to the the rooftops. We're going to start with the chorus just like we did two weeks ago. Just sing it out. Think of the words. You know, connect with God. This is the time. Time to digest everything we, we heard today.
3: So
2: No matter what, no matter what, the one thing you need to know is God is listening and hearing your prayers, that God is moving your life. So just keep shouting from the rooftop that you, that you are his and that all this other stuff that we put important importance in life, all that moth and rust will take care of one day. Somebody else will be living in your house. Somebody else will be driving your car. Somebody else will be working your job. The only thing you have certainty is Jesus. That's the only thing in life you have. So put importance and faith and trust in Him. Next week, we're going to talk about one of those reasons why our buckets are empty. And this is going to be next week's sermon. I believe we have it up there, right, Melinda? There we go. Pressure. Pencil God in. We're going to talk about how we have no time for God in our lives. So come back next week. God bless you. Have an awesome week.
3: Oh, you say let it go. You say let it go. Life is waiting for the ones who lose control You say you will be everything I need You say if I lose my life it's then I'll find my soul